Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. All right, good Friday morning to you, everybody. Fired up and fired up for the weekend. Good morning and welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way each and every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. You can find us, jump onto YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We ask you to please subscribe to the show and flip the notification switch on. If you prefer to join us via the podcast, you can do that wherever you get them. Just go to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you will be dialed in. Gentlemen, before we get to the serious news, good morning. Casey, Paul, how are we doing on this Friday morning? Doing good. Yeah. Doing great. Um, excited. Today's Friday. It's it's our picks day. Big picks today. I'm, exci- I'm excited to get a big lead big on you today, Tom. Picks today. And, and for Paul, uh, <laughs> you know, you're off to a big party tonight. <laughs> we can live vicariously through you for the weekend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we hope. I guess I still, we still, <laughs> we still got to figure out the costume thing, Tom. We're still well, workshop. There's a costume that. party tonight. Yeah, that, that's that's the same thing. And you haven't gotten that figured out yet. Come on. What do you, you take me as? This, we should. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we fi- still need we'll suggestions, chat. We'll figure it out. Still need some some. Yeah, the chat. How, uh, let's chat dialed, dialed in already. early on. I, I can pretty much figure it out. Sir Boy Wonder. Good morning, indeed. Sixty-four twelve Mars. The player formerly known as Mouse Cop. Reed, retired U.S. veteran, we always send our best to you and thank you for your service. So lots of folks jumping in on this Friday morning. Now, look, it's the last thing you saw coming. Yeah, we knew in the New Orleans game two weeks ago, showed up on the injury report. We knew Jamar Chase had been nursing a sore hip last week, but then The guy just lights it up against Atlanta, right? Over 100 receiving yards, a couple of touchdowns, and we're thinking the dude's good. Apparently, he's not. He has a hip flexor strain and will be out for the foreseeable future. That was a term, foreseeable future. Now, an option is if you put him on the IR, That means he has to miss the next four games. And there can be all the speculation in the world. And we're going to talk to James Rapine here in a few minutes about it. He's down there covering the Bengals at Paycor Stadium today. But we certainly wish Chase a speedy recovery. Who takes his place? More than likely, Michael Thomas. He has played three seasons with the Bengals. He has 20 catches. He has 30 total in his career. Trent Taylor and Stanley Morgan figure to get some playing time as well. The Bengals and the Browns will play Monday night in Cleveland. And again, James Rapine coming up shortly to talk about it. Thursday night football. The co-leaders with the Bengals in the AFC North, the Ravens. Go to Tampa Bay to face the struggling Buccaneers. And man, oh man, oh man, the struggles continue for Tom Brady. This is one of those cases where the stats can be very deceiving. Brady throws for over 300, although he does throw it 44 times. And if you throw it 44 times, more than likely in an NFL game, you ain't winning. And the Bucs didn't win. 
watching the game, it, it's it's more the passes that Brady is missing. Would be touchdowns, should be touchdowns, and he missed open receivers. Plain and simple, the Ravens run the football for two hundred and thirty-one yards. They go to five and three on the year. The Bengals try to keep pace with Baltimore on Monday night. Other games of note this weekend. The Steelers are in Philadelphia. As you know, Philadelphia, the league's only remaining unbeaten team. The Niners will play the Rams, a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. Kyle Shanahan, for whatever reason, over the last couple of years has had total dominance except for that championship game over Sean McVay and the defending Super Bowl champs. Very interesting game in Seattle. Everybody's stunned what Geno Smith is doing up there. And everyone is stunned the Giants are 6-1. and one. Those two teams play in Seattle. And then there's Green Bay. Well, you can, you can just see this thing and feel this thing bubbling, right? It's like when you're turning on, right, to, to, to boil water. And all of a sudden, those small little bubbles start coming up. You can see it with Green Bay. There, there, there's cracks. Aaron Rodgers, he, he kind of takes some shots at his coach and the personnel decisions and guys that are on the field or guys that aren't on the field. LaFleur has not taken the bait. I don't know if he can win that battle. Getting into any kind of war of words with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if he loses Rodgers... He loses that team. They go to Buffalo. Whew. How'd you like to go up there right now and play the Bills? We'll talk about all these games. We have picks for all these games coming up later. College football. UC goes on the road against UCF. That is a 3.30 kick tomorrow. UC has not lost in their conference in three years. But they are a two-point underdog in that game at UCF who was clobbered last week by East Carolina. That game at 3.30 tomorrow can be found on ESPN. Unbeaten and second-ranked Ohio State with a big one at high noon tomorrow in Happy Valley against number 13 Penn State. Will it be Happy Valley around 3 tomorrow? Unlikely. The Mighty Buckeyes a 14.5-point favorite. That game is on Fox. Miami of Ohio plays at Akron. Number seven, an undefeated TCU. Going to be right down the road at West Virginia. That's a noon kick on ESPN. Horn Frogs, a seven and a half point favorite. Number one, Georgia. Every year Georgia plays Florida, they play in Jacksonville. They say it is an unbelievable scene down there. And it's going to be the scene of a massacre on Saturday. <laughs> Bulldogs are favored by 22.5. They may as well be favored by 42.5. Number 19, Kentucky. We like Kentucky on this show. But tomorrow, traveling down to Knoxville against third-ranked Tennessee, that's a 7 o'clock kickoff. Nealon holds about 105,000. Place is going to be rocking the balls. I'm surprised are not more than just a 12-point favorite. 
in baseball. The World Series begins tonight. Did you know that in Houston? The Phillies and the Astros. Justin Verlander gets a ball in game one, and he'll be opposed by Aaron Nola. And congratulations, I failed to mention this yesterday, and I'm sorry that I failed to do it because he's one of my all-time favorite guys as a Major League Baseball player. I talked with him yesterday. He's going to join us for the big interview this coming Wednesday, and that is Bronson Arroyo. He was elected to the Reds Hall of Fame two days ago. Not a more deserving guy, not a better guy. Boy, it, was, it truly was, in a term that's overused frequently, it was artistry watching that guy pitch when he was on his game. Love Bronson Arroyo here on Off the Bench. And again, this coming Wednesday, he will be our big interview. So we're looking forward to that. How could you not love Bronson Arroyo? Yeah, I actually went and saw him downtown this summer play uh, a set, play his music. Uh, at, a, at a little bar downtown. And how were they? It was fantastic. It was great. Uh, he he played for probably about an hour or so, and uh, just great music. It was outside at a little uh, a little outdoor bar down in I think it was an OTR, and uh, it was great. I had a great time, and uh, great to see him do that. Yeah, it's I, I remember growing up watching Bronson, the high leg kick, and everything else, and and uh, how fun he was to watch. And just such a character, right? Yeah. Not not just a great pitcher, but such a great guy, such a great character guy. And, and uh, yeah, good to see him get this honor. You know, he, this guy, he Arroyo, he, he was real laid back, very cool. Obviously, the long hair, plays in a band. Um, has been single his entire playing career. Um and he just, he was just everywhere he went. People love being around the guy. They still do. Um, he told me yesterday when we were talking that his father, I guess, has had a couple of, of strokes um, down in Florida. So Bronson's been going back and forth, Cincinnati to Florida. He was here to find out about the Hall of Fame induction um, or the election. The induction will come later this summer. Uh, but then he went right back down to the Tampa area. Bronson lives down in the Florida Keys. Uh, but we certainly wish his dad well. He's out of a, a, a nursing care facility, getting better and better and better every day. So our thoughts and prayers are with him. His dad, it's an amazing story, and we'll talk about this next Wednesday. His dad was right on the cutting edge uh, of this whole power lifting thing. Uh, that the Russians were doing, the East Germans were doing. Of course, they were all roided up. Bronson Arroyo wasn't roided up. But uh, he got his son doing that stuff when he was like 8, 9, 10 years old. And uh, it's really interesting to get Arroyo's thoughts on that. And, and his, I mean, he had the ultimate rubber arm. This guy was never hurt. Took the ball 250-plus innings, 200 innings later in his career every single year, like falling out of bed, so good for him. Uh, boys, we have James Rapine in just a few minutes. Uh, I have to get your guys' initial reaction. The biggest story by far, I mean by far, not only in Cincinnati, but in the NFL, is this injury now to Jamar Chase. This is not good. No. It's okay because the Browns stink. <laughs> the Browns... Can we not have a logical conversation? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. We got, we got uh, thoughts. As, as much as I was on the train that the Browns do stink, and I do think that, uh, missing Jamar Chase. What, what, so I'm not even really concerned about 
missing him for any period of time. It's more of what the injury is. Because if they get this wrong and it is something more serious to the hip, he's done. His career's over, right? Like if it, if it gets mix, misdiagnosed and it ends up being like a cracked bone, what the MRI says, isn't that like season-ending surgery? Well, look, the fastest thing and the quickest thing that everybody wants to do, and, and I'm guilty of this too. I was on with our buddy Zim Day and Ace Boogie <laughs> last night. It's one of my favorite nicknames in the history of mankind, Ace Boogie. <laughs> But look, if you're old enough, you can't help the first thing you think of. And, and I mean, God forbid, this oh, is no. not the case. But for those of us who are old enough to remember, and we'll talk about this with James Rapine here in just a couple of minutes, the first name you think of is Bo Jackson. Because it, it, it looked like a nothing tackle on the sideline in a playoff game against the Bengals, ironically enough. Um he limps off the field. They thought he was coming back the following week uh, in a playoff game because the Raiders beat the Bengals in that game of 89 or 90. And um, he never came back. Now, I think the Bengals doctors are totally on top of their game. There is nothing that would make any of us start to think that way. But it's only natural. That's what pops into your head, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bo Jackson was exactly the first thing I yeah. thought of yesterday too, Tom, when I saw that. And one of the things you look at with the Bengals is the schedule coming up, and it's a bit of an easier schedule than what you get. This would this would be a lot worse to me than it would be in December or, or early January, obviously. But to me, it feels like this is a situation where you have the bye week coming up, you have a couple of games that aren't the hardest games left on your schedule, and it looks like the Bengals are just going to have to try and get through this. Casey, you made the point before we came on that you look at some other teams that don't have the three tiers of yep. options that the Bengals do. A lot of teams just have those two tiers, and now you're going to have to go to Higgins and Boyd and hope that somebody can fill those gaps in. And I'm sure James Rapine will have a lot more uh, to say on this here right now. All right, well, yeah. speaking of, he's joining us as he's getting ready to cover the Bengals. He does so brilliantly each and every single day on a multitude of platforms, and that's James Rapine. So, James, uh, good morning. Uh, a happy Friday to you. You actually get to hang out a little bit and not have to travel up to Cleveland. When are you going up there? Are you going Sunday or are you going Monday morning? Sunday. Sunday because well, I have some friends up there, so it'll be nice to, to catch up and, and eat oh, some Oh, that's right. Your old stomping ground. Chill. How could I forget? I mean, you know, you got, uh, you got it going <laughs> on up there. All right, James, uh, your thoughts on the whole Jamar Chase oh. injury. Where do you start? I mean, first off, you know, outside of Joe Burrow, most valuable player on the team, arguably the best player on the team. And so that's, it's awful news, right? And, and you just, you start there because the offense had, was hitting its stride. It felt like there was a chance, and there still is, but a chance that Burrow was going to make an MVP push, that Chase was going to, you know, be much better over the next 10, 11 games than he was as a rookie and, and just as explosive. And this team was, a, you know, shaping up into form. And not that that can't still happen. It's just going to be in a different way now. And, you know, my, my first thought was, man, 22 years old, on a record-setting pace for the second straight year, four touchdowns the past two weeks, and now he's out. And so you feel bad for him. And then you, you think about it from a team aspect and all of those things. So, it's, uh, it's awful news. Fortunately, it doesn't sound like he needs surgery, 
which you guys were, were kind of hinting towards there as I came on. So that uh, that's certainly good news long term for Jamar Chase. Short term, they're going to have to change the way this offense is running. Do you get any feel, and, and I know, James, this story came out very late yesterday afternoon. Uh, you, you go back to the, to, to the Saints game when he initially injured it. He was on the injury report, sat out a day or two of practice last week, but then he shows up and he has this explosive game, over 100 receiving yards, two touchdowns. He's blowing by people, catching a 10-yard out and going right down the middle of the field, outrunning everybody. Um, do... Do, do you have any sense on how they're going to play this? Uh, or do you think it's just, you know, that old proverbial day-to-day kind of thing? What I mean by that is I, I made reference a little earlier. If you put him on injured reserve, he's got to miss four weeks, right? Four games? Yeah, four games. So he would be out with the bye, and including Monday night's game against the Browns, he would be out until December. So just, do you just, just to give you an idea? Do you just so. monitor his sort of rehab and his progress, and and day by day, kind of see where you are. But or you know, I, I you've forgotten more about it than I know about it. But when I was doing NFL games every week, I always found it kind of interesting when teams decided to put a guy on IR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's what they're probably deciding today, and and they'll make a decision by tomorrow. If, if that's the case and they want to put him on injury reserve, obviously you want to do that before the Monday night game so it starts tallying and you can get those four games in. If I had to guess right now, yeah, I would think that they would do that. Just knowing the Bengals, knowing how unique this injury is, I, I don't think they're going to rush him back, right? This is the franchise. Outside of Joe Burrow, he's the best guy they have. And so you, you certainly don't want to rush him back. And for four games, it is painful. But as you guys were talking about, this would be the four-game stretch that you would hopefully be able to survive without him if there is a four-game stretch the rest of the way. So I do think he'll ultimately end up on injured reserve, and I I do think that they'll have to address the position somewhere, at least in the short term, because, well, they're they're really relying on their receivers, and now their best one isn't going to be there for at least four games. Um. Okay, so now you start playing the game of, and and I'm not going to sit here and ask you any more about the whole thing. Is he getting a second opinion, third opinion, whatever it might be, because this has just all happened so fast. And and unless you have further... And I'm sure he is. Yeah. I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is because, look, it's it's a unique... This isn't a sprained ankle, right? it's It's a very unique thing. And, you know, all the reporting around it, based on what I've heard and others, I know Paul Daner Jr. did a really good job, uh, of the athletic talking about this and, and reporting on it, he feels fine. Like I think Chase could play Monday, but he also has a fracture in that hip, and you don't want it to get worse. So he's not going to play, and they're going to try to get that bone healed. And that's the part of it. How long will it take for it to heal? That's why I think he ultimately lands on injured reserve. Okay. Um, how healthy is T. Higgins? He's pretty healthy. I, I would say he's he's close to 100%. You know, that, that ankle ha- has gotten better and better. And, you know, you get an extra day this week. I think by the time Monday rolls around, you know, he's going to have to be – certainly all systems go now regardless. But I, I think he's going to be as close to 100% as we've seen him since he tweaked that ankle back on, what, Thursday night football against the Dolphins? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got you, – we know about Higgins. We know about Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had, had – 
referenced a minute ago, is, is Michael Thomas, uh, you know, that proverbial next man up? Or do you suspect that we see a little bit more of Morgan? We see a little bit more of Taylor or both or neither? Or do you make a deal? I know there's a lot in that question, but uh, sure. let's start with Thomas first. Do you figure he's the first man up in this deal? Yeah, I, I think he is because he can play outside. They're comfortable moving him around. He obviously knows the system inside and out. We've seen him step in for T when T's missed time this season. And so I, I think that will be the, the answer on Monday. But as far as wide receiver in general goes, well, Stanley Morgan Jr. is dealing with a hamstring right now, and he missed practice yesterday. We'll see if he can go today. But it isn't just Jamar. And so that's why I would guarantee they add someone. It might not be a big name. It might not be a trade necessarily. It might just be working out guys and bringing someone in. They just need another receiver and, and they need someone that can contribute or at least give them some insurance uh, at that spot. And unfortunately, I, I think the, the biggest loss, you could talk about playmaking and everything that Chase does. They don't have any scary outside speed now, like deep downfield threats outside of T Higgins who scares you downfield if you're opposing defenses? And unfortunately for them, I don't think there are many guys that can do that out there on the free agent market. So if I'm them, I'm certainly looking at the trade market because the way they use three receivers all the time, even when Chase comes back, you could use a fourth receiver, a deep threat, you know, late December, early January when the, the season's on the line, when you're, you're playing for championships, whether it's the AFC North or advancing in the playoffs, all of those things, which is obviously what they plan on doing. And so that would be my thought process considering their expectations this season. All right, throw, throw a few names at, at, at the folks watching tonight. The, the, the deal was made yesterday, former number one pick, now going to Kansas City. Okay, so you check that name off the list. Um, you know, you talk about speed and a big play threat. I mean, you know, uh, the, the Ravens brought in Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and, yep. you know, that guy's always been that guy. Whether you like him or don't like him, that is what his career is. So now he's off the market. Uh, he was a free agent. But, but anybody trade-wise that maybe you think about? It's, it's tough. It's, it's tough to – to pinpoint that because you look at the Bengals and it's not just give up a future asset, it's cap space. And they have a little over $3 million in cap space this season. And so it's like, all right, well, who are you going to add? I assume it would be a rookie contract. Well, that's a little more valuable because the guy guys probably have more than one year left on their deal. You know, I've seen Terrace Marshall being thrown out there. It's certainly interesting with the LSU ties to Burrow. Is Carolina really going to move on from a young controllable player, you know, second round pick? in his second season. I don't know. I know the Bengals really like Denzel Mims the year they drafted T Higgins in 2020. It hasn't worked for him in New York with the Jets. So maybe you try to, to snipe him uh, from New York and, and bring him in. But it's it's tough because you're right. There isn't There aren't many obvious guys. I could throw out big names and get people excited and say, go get Brandon Cooks. Well, is it gonna work salary cap wise? And, and can you make that work? And are you gonna do that if it is just for four games? Uh, you know, with Chase out. I I don't know. I don't know if they would be willing to go that route. A DJ Moore, it sounds like the Panthers want a ton for him. I think he could do a lot of what Chase does, not at the level that Chase does, but from a football standpoint would make a lot of sense. I just, I'm not sure if that's realistic, especially when you look at his contract. So there are a lot of guys. Jerry Judy's been a guy. KJ yep. Hamler 
would be interesting from the Broncos. So there are guys. It's just what's the price? Does it work financially? All of those things. And then the other part of it, and I wish I could give the Bengals truth serum, how long do you think Chase will realistically be out? Because if you think he's going to be out longer rather than shorter on that four to six weeks that Adam Schefter reported, then you might be willing to be more aggressive. But if you think it's you know, internally three to four weeks and you think he's going to heal fast, well, then maybe you, you just try to sign someone. You, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. If he was available, and he technically is because he's on the Ravens practice squad, but just looking at him on the sidelines with the Ravens, it doesn't sound like he's going to move and they'll, they'll probably uh, add him to the active roster in the near future. That would have been a guy that would make sense because he could split time with Michael Thomas and split time with Stanley Morgan Jr. and just give them a big play threat where they send him on four go routes a game just, just to keep the defense honest. I think that's something that they're going to miss and that they need to find. So those are just some of the names. You know, the, the free agent market, unfortunately, there aren't many. Trade-wise, we know the Bengals' history. It's not like they make a lot of deadline deals. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I certainly think they're going to listen and, and, and talk to teams. It's just will it work money-wise, will it work asset-wise, and will it make sense given how long or short Chase will be out? All right, let's walk through a couple of other uh, injury updates. Collins uh, has been bothered by a bad back uh, going all the way back to training camp, and now he's on the injury report uh, with an ankle tweak. He's ready to go Monday night, I assume? Feels like it, yeah. I, I talked to him Monday. He was limping around the locker room a little bit, but I, I think I think he'll be good to go. It doesn't sound like there's a huge amount of concern. And yesterday was his normal Wednesday rest day anyway, so they can list him as an ankle because he's got one now. But I think he was going to be off yesterday regardless. So we'll see if he suits up today. All right, and what about uh, – I see where Logan Logan Wilson, a full participant yeah. at practice. So, I mean, unbelievably, Huge. this guy – you talk about a fast healer. I mean, there was initial mm -hmm. concern this guy was going to miss significant time, and it looks like – you tell me if I'm wrong – it looks like he's ready to go Monday night. I think he was ready to go last week. And the team said, you know what, let's not risk it, even though you're moving well. and Because I, I watched him on the rehab field. He was doing everything. Everything, he just didn't have pads on, but he was doing everything, every agility drill, catching passes above his head, moving his arms all over. And it's a shoulder injury, and it's that surgically repaired shoulder. And I just think they wanted to give him at least another week. You have the extra day this week ahead of the Monday night game. Yeah, I expect him to play, and uh, not a, a moment too soon, because they're going to need him to try to slow down. I don't think they can stop it, but slow down. That, that tough Browns rushing attack. And last injury, um, I guess it's diagnosed as a quote-unquote stinger. Uh, NFL players get these pretty regularly. Uh, they thought initially it might be a neck injury, but uh, Hendrickson, do you expect he'll be at full tilt Monday night? I think so. I think that's the way they're leaning. Hopefully we can you know see him get out there and practice a little bit today. But yeah, I, that, and that's the thing. That's what was so surprising not to ramble here about the the chase aspect of it because yesterday at this time you're thinking oh well they're just giving him an extra day he's sore no turns out it was it, it was much more serious and those scans revealed something that uh they, they were hoping not to see put it that way so uh yeah i, I do think that trey hendrickson can suit up and again he's a, a huge piece of this defense and a defense that they're going to need to lean on even more now with chase out all right, let's talk about uh, the game Monday night. Uh, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out that 
The, the Browns, uh, I, I, I've called them a, a team right now in desperation. They've lost five games, four of those five by a combined 11 points. Um, I mean, they, they're this close to being pretty good, but the bottom line is they're two and five, so they can't close yeah. out games. They're going to want to run the ball. At least that's what you hear all the time, yet Jacoby Brissett slinging it around 27, 35, 40 times a game. Um, what's your feeling on the Browns? You have inside sources at the Browns. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Kevin Stefanski. Is he the right guy? And on and on and on and on. How do you see them coming into this game and their mindset against the Bengals on Monday night? You're right. They're desperate. And that's what's scary about this game is, you know, you, the, the last thing you ever want to do is face someone that's desperate and, I think that they're going, this is a woodshed game where they're going to pull out every trick, every single thing in the bag to, to try to escape with a victory on Halloween night. And it's, it, it can be a season saver. You get to three and five, it just feels much, much different than two and six. And historically, you look at teams that fall to two and six, you don't make a run. It doesn't matter if Deshaun Watson's coming back or when he's coming back. It doesn't matter. It's really, really hard to dig yourself out of that type of hole. And so I expect to see Nick Chubb early often. Uh, I expect to see trick plays. I expect to see fake punts. I expect to see whatever it is that they need to do to try to get a win. And that that's a tough spot for the Bengals, especially now, because you are going to be shorthanded uh, on both sides of the ball. Your best player, arguably, on defense isn't going to play. We know that with DJ Reader. Jamar Chase, certainly your best skill player and arguably your best player, isn't going to play. So now you have to go on the road, face a desperate team. This is going to be a tough game. And Right now, you're, you're facing the best running back in the league. I don't think that that's wrong to say about Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is showcasing his talent for the rest of the NFL because he's on the trading block. That is no secret, and plenty of people in Cleveland will tell you that. And, and so it's a desperate team that needs a win that, you're right, has been competitive. I, they're right in line with the Bengals. The Bengals have three losses by eight total points. Right, the the Browns have four losses by eleven. So if the Bengals lose a game by a field goal, they're they're right in that same boat. So so think about how close those three losses for the Bengals were. That's how the Browns have been, and they're at home. And I know that that stadium is going to be insane on no, Halloween. I mean, no doubt, it's going to no be doubt. one of the craziest environments for an NFL game on Monday Night Football that I, I think there is all season long. So oh, I, I don't. It's, think uh, it's going to be a tough one, no doubt about it. Um, any prediction for this one, knowing what we know? Would Chase out, Reader out, desperate team in Cleveland? Yeah. I mean, do you feel that? What, what, what's the last spread on this, Paul? Three and a half? Three, yeah. All right, it's down to three. Uh, you, you think this is played within that spread? I do. I think it's right. I think that's about right. Um, to me, I think that this is – it's going to be tough for the Bengals to get off to a, a quick start. And, you know, you, you hope if you're the Bengals and, and for the fans out there that those first 15 plays really catch the Browns off guard and, and they're able to do things that uh, get the ball moving. They, they can get out to an early lead because I think this offense is going to be inconsistent on Monday night because there's no chase, because there's, you know, you don't have those playmaking abilities to hide the lulls and the ebbs and flows that naturally come uh, on offense. I, I still think the Bengals should win this game from a talent perspective. I just think it's going to be really, really tough. So if I had to make a pick right now, and it's it's tough, but I would say 23-20, something mm -hmm. in that range. Yep. 
And they're going to have to win ugly, I think, if they're going to win some of these games. Because it's just losing a guy like Chase, even though you have a few practices to install things and, and you knew it was potentially coming, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to, uh, uh, to, to, to do what they've done on offense and put up 30-plus points like they have in back-to-back weeks. Well, Jay, before we let you go, th- th- this is one of those things that it makes me crazy and and i mean it, it really does make me crazy when you have a team that all of a sudden they have a couple of good weeks throwing the football and you'll have people that follow the team it'll say oh you don't need to run the ball they just threw the ball for 350 yards uh this is a game we saw what the chargers did running the ball against the browns this is a game where the Bengals have to be able to run the ball. Don't you think? I mean, really run the ball. Sure. Yeah, that would be a huge, huge boost. It would take pressure off of Burrow. It would yep. keep the, the defense on the sideline because they're going to take a beating. Like, it, it's going to be physical. They may hold Chubb in check, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. And so, yeah, I, I think if you can get that ground game going – and the quick passing game, like those to me are one in the same. If it's dump offs to Mixon or, yep. or Boyd or whoever the case is, um, so yeah, this this offense is going to look different. And part of that might be running the ball. They've been better running out of shotgun, so wouldn't be shocked at all if that's how they they do things. But do they move under center a bit more without Chase? It's uh, it's going to be interesting. This offense is certainly going to look different, Tom. So I'm yeah. curious to see how it looks on Monday. Well, this is one of those games, coaching, coaching, coaching. I mean, this is a big game for that coaching staff. There's no doubt about it. James, enjoy your trip back to Cleveland, Ohio, and we'll check in with you next week. Thanks for your time today. Sounds good. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Great stuff with James Rapine. He filled in for uh, Mo Egger. Was it yesterday or the day before? Did a great job. Did a great job. Love, uh, love listening to him and, 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 and telling you everything you need to know. I mean, you just said it. He made the point. This is one of those games where Callahan, Zach Taylor, he pointed out they've known this was coming. Now, to a greater or lesser extent, they knew better than the rest of us the severity of this hip injury to Jamar Chase. So if you know that, you just heard him say it. Those first 15 scripted plays, right? What's it going to look like when that crowd's going crazy and that Bengal offense takes a field for the first time on Monday night? Who are they? What are they? What are they going to be? How are they going to evolve? All of those questions. And I know everybody and his brother last couple of weeks, oh, you know, don't need to run a bunch. Okay. Okay. You get into it, and it's, the weather's going to be okay. If you're going to be minus chase for quite some time, this team has got to run the ball. Just look at the Ravens last night. Ravens don't look any good. They can't throw the ball. And you talk about a team that's got injuries everywhere. Every time you turn around, it's getting to be a carbon copy in Baltimore that it was last year. I mean, they got nothing in their wide receiving core. Duvernay's not a bad player. Andrews is their best receiver. And he goes down immediately again last night. And Lord knows how long he's out. And yet they find a way to win. Why? Because they ran for 231 yards in the game. 
Anybody who tells you out there you don't have to run the ball to win, they've lost their mind. You might have a game here. You might have a game there. But if you're going to win, especially in cold weather, bad weather as this season goes on, and you want to possess the football, or you're playing the Chiefs, or you're playing the Bills, where you don't want their offense on the field, you have got to be able to run the ball. We'll talk more about this throughout the day. We have Paul Doherty coming up in a minute, so we're going to take a break. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, Ask about Bartell's 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartellsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartell's Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. I know one thing, ain't nobody does this better than us. Facts. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We have lots going on. We have Paul Doherty coming up shortly. We have Dan Horde to talk about the UC Bearcats and the Cincinnati Bengals. And then we make our picks at 1130 for both the college and pro games over the weekend. All right, you heard what he had to say, fellas. I mean, I think that, look, at the end of the day, players have to play, and you can't win if players don't execute. That's the most important word there is in in sports, for sure, and arguably life. You can practice, 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 but what happens when it's time to execute and that proverbial red light comes on? They got to be ready, fellas. They got to be ready. And I think if they don't have in the game plan 
especially just because of how easy it's been to run against the Browns, to try to run the ball at least 20-plus times with Joe Mixon, then they've made a mistake. And I get that they've not been able to run behind center very well, but even if it is a shotgun run, I mean, it, I think that that's okay. I think that works. I also think that it's honestly okay if we just keep the players that we've got. I don't think we really need to go out and get someone. I think Hayden Hurst is underrated. Even though we, we value him so much and what he's done so far, I think he can handle a bigger workload. I mean, he's kind of pro he proved it to me against the Ravens, how he just went out there, stretched across the field, took the, took the touchdown. I mean, man, I mean, if we don't find a way to just be able to do what we need to do against these bad teams, then we're going to struggle against the good teams with Chase. So I know he's generational type talent, um, but we still got a number one, and we still got a number two mm -hmm. that can be valued at a number one. And that's what most teams deal with. Most teams only have a T and a Boyd. Most teams only have a Diggs and a Gabriel Davis. Most teams only have a Justin Jefferson and a Adam Thielen. We should be able to get through this just fine. We should be able to run the ball on a terrible run defense and get the win. The Browns stink. You guys keep saying that. They stink. I mean, both of you guys might be sitting there uh, 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 crawling underneath your desk over there on Tuesday morning. <laughs> You know, keeping to say they stink. <laughs> and I don't want to hear this business about the injuries on Tuesday. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm done listening to it because when I watched the Baltimore Ravens last night and I look at all the guys that they have hurt on both sides of the ball and they put together a game plan against a Tampa Bay team that's been gashed in the run game all year long. Jackson's not throwing it well. Andrews is out. All these other guys are out, and yet they find a way to go on the road. Let me ask you this real quick. Does Tampa Bay stink? We, we oh, now, wait a minute. Does Tampa Bay, yes or no, do they stink? They're not good. I, They're not, not good. what I asked you. You said the Browns stink. Well, they do. And I'm asking you, does Tampa Bay stink? The way that they're playing right well, now? Here, here's the difference. At the end of the day, I'm asking you, do they stink? Here's the difference. Part of saying that the Browns stink, part of my take with saying that the Browns stink, goes hand in hand with the fact that I don't think they're going to have any shot at the postseason. As, ba as, as bad as Tampa Bay looks right now, as bad as Tom Brady looked I'm last night, talking about, they got a I'm shot at making the postseason. I'm not talking about their circumstances or their division. I'm saying when you watch yeah, the bad, Tampa Tom. Bay they're Buccaneers bad. play on offense, they're bad. they can't run. Uh, Brady's missing throws. Their defense is getting gashed left and right, although they hung in there last night for a while till the very end. Do you think that it's a tougher win for Baltimore without all those pieces, including Andrews, who got knocked out of that game early? Do you think it's a tougher game to win going to Tampa Bay and winning or going to Cleveland and winning? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah, that was a good question, Tom. I don't know. Right now, wait a minute. You Hang just on. couldn't answer the Hang question on. if Tampa Bay stinks. I, I mean, right now, I'd say they're probably even. 
in my mind. Okay. So then, so if you're asking- with that in mind, it's fair to say, again, it comes down to players executing. But with that logic in mind, then it's fair to challenge Zach Taylor and his coaching staff. Yes. Much with the same challenge you would have issued to, to John Harbaugh and his staff going into the week, knowing that Andrews had the bum shoulder, knowing they, they don't have weapons on offense. And, I mean, look, their weapons on offense aren't even close to what the Bengals have, even without Jamar Chase. We agree with that? Yeah. yeah. And Burrow's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. We agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so this is on the staff now, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. You got to go. You you have to be able to go up to Cleveland, exercise some of those demons that the Bengals have had against the Browns in years past. We know we know all the stats. We don't need to we, we don't need to keep beating a dead horse here. We know how much the Bengals have struggled against the Browns. And yeah, now now you start to look at it and and you start to look at the betting trends. Things are starting to go back towards the Browns now. It, this opened Tom earlier in the week. They we, you saw all everybody was betting on the Bengals earlier this week. It was 90-10. 90-10 Bengals over the Browns yep. as far as the money. It's now 52-48 Cleveland. Really? As the money has come back toward the Browns and the line has only moved a half a point back down from three and a half to three. So it, things are starting to even out. We talked about it yesterday. I said it was at two-thirds yesterday. Now it's at 50-50. So it, I, I think the other thing, too, and, and this goes along with what you were asking about the Bucks and the Browns, is we talk about all these teams that are hurt, and I mentioned it yesterday on the show, how you just you go through the injury reports at this point in the season where everybody starts to get into the bye weeks and everything else, and, and guys are banged up. Look at the Browns. Look at the injuries that they've yep. had. The, the Bengals need to be able to overcome something like this in the middle of the season because these are the types of things – Maybe not every team is going to lose one of their best players, but to a certain extent, maybe maybe a team loses two or three guys that are in, in that medium level of efficiency where they might add up to missing one player like this uh, from Jamar Chase. So if you're the Bengals and you have Super Bowl aspirations, which you'd like to think that they do, sure. you have to be able to go to Cleveland and win this type of a game. You have to grit out a game like this on the road. Well, all of our guys, and the numbers just continue to pile up, all of our guys in the chat room right now, they're all saying, yes, the Bucks stink, but would you rather go play Tom Brady, who can still be Tom Brady on any given night, yeah. or would you rather go play Jacoby Brissett? That's the biggest no-brainer of all. Yeah, time. yeah, and that's the same point that I made last week about how I'm not counting out Tom Brady. I mean, look at the slow Ooh. starts he's had before. Like, it, I, as bad as the Bucks look right now, as terrible as they look, and they looked bad last night. Oh. They that game was ugly to watch. That was a painful game to watch last did, night. Did you see that note last night? Twenty years ago to the day. Think about this for a minute, okay? And, and here in Cincinnati, we've seen some good football the last couple of years. And look, Marvin had some decent teams there. You know, he got to the playoffs four, five, six times. But think about this. Last night, the Buccaneers lost their third straight game with Tom Brady at quarterback. Yeah. It was 20 years ago to the day, the last time Brady lost three straight games. Wow. 20 wow. years ago. I knew it was in the 2002 season. I didn't see that stat that it was to the Man. day. To the day. Wow. As fate would have it. 
I'll tell you this, Tom. Um, I'll let you know if the if Tampa Bay stinks after the Rams game because <laughs> the Rams stink. Whoa. Okay, so you're already tipping your hand on what you're thinking about the Niners-Rams this weekend. Yeah, basically. Mm. Rams stink, Browns stink, and Tampa might stink too. So who's good? There's not very many teams that are good. No, a lot are, of teams stink. There are a lot of there are a lot of teams right in that three and four, four and three, three and three, whatever, with bye weeks. Bills are good. Bills are good. Kansas City's good. Eagles. Eagles are good. Um, Paul Doherty's good. Paul Doc, the morning line, no lid today. Where is the lid, Doc? I mean, you know, if you're going to be pubbing the morning line and the return of the morning line, and it's the morningline.substack.com, I mean, where's the lid? I gave it a rest. You know, if we're going to talk about what's cool and what's not cool, pimping the product is cool to a certain extent. After a while, it just looks stupid. So no more pimping the product. No more lid. You guys I, I gotta tell you, Doc, though. I got to tell you, um, look, I, I, I mean, there is a point where I understand what you're saying. But, I mean, we've got hundreds uh, dialed in uh, regularly, and they love the TML hat. And, and so these are the guys that are yeah. watching it and joining us live every day, and, and they're not tired of it. So just a little FYI. Well, okay, I mean, I got to give, give the people what they want. That's right. Maybe next week, the next time I'm on, the, the hat will return. Uh, but this week I gave it a rest because I like to think I'm cool. Okay. All right. Well, the word is drip, <laughs> Doc. The word is drip with the young people there. As I'm drip? trying to find out, working, uh, yeah, working around all these young people, uh, I'm told I'm not drip. They think they're drip, whatever that means. Um, okay. The, your reaction to the Jamar Chase saying, what's this now mean for the Bengals? It depends on how long it lasts. I, I mean, in four to six weeks, if it's four weeks, it really isn't earth-shattering, right? I mean, look at the schedule. One, they got a bye, and then they got a sort of bye because they play they, they, they play the likes of uh, Carolina, and, and uh, then they play Pittsburgh again. I forget who the other one is. Um, not that difficult. Four weeks, you got three games against three opponents they, they could beat without Jamar Chase, in my opinion. Uh, if it goes six weeks, uh, then they got to they got to go to Tennessee and win and beat Kansas City here without Chase, and that, that's a, that's a whole different story. Um, yeah, tough break. It's it's like we've said all year. Last year was a year where everything went right. Uh, this year's year with some of the things are not going right. How you respond to that? We'll find out on Monday. I mean, that, that said, one the Browns aren't very good. Two, they're they're beat up worse than the Bengals. Uh, and three, for every week except one, the, the Bengals once again will face either a backup quarterback or a, a really kind of suspect starting quarterback. So um, I think breaks even out in the end. Uh, I don't think that the, the chase loss will, will result in, in the Titanic. Uh, they're good enough to beat everybody they play in the next month without Jamar Chase. Um we had James Rapine on earlier. He covers the Bengals on a daily basis, and I thought he made a great point. And uh, it, it, it's, it's something you and I have talked about very early on. We talked about it, not as much lately. Uh, and, and, and that tends to happen when you win games uh, instead of losing games. Uh, but 
The Bengals coaching staff clearly has been aware of this Jamar Chase situation going back to even before the game last week when he initially injured it against New Orleans. Uh, they had to know when, when they began preparation for Cleveland this week, there was a really strong chance, at least inside you know, the, the, the locker room there, that the Chase wasn't going to be around. So now all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you may have heard, you know, I use the word execution all the time because, it, you know, in sports, you either execute or you don't. And that's the difference between winning and losing, right, in life in general. But now all of a sudden, I think that we're going to get a real look at what this coaching staff is capable of or not capable of in terms of what this offense looks like. Uh, and game planning moving forward without Chase, however long that might be. You agree? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, other than a couple other guys in the league, Tyreek Hill being one, maybe Stephon Diggs, maybe even Cooper Cup. He's a game changer. Uh, um, I mean, he, if any, if a wide receiver would ever get MVP votes, maybe he gets a, a few. Uh, he's that good. Um, that said. Uh, We've complained occasionally about Tyler Boyd not being utilized properly, and maybe he gets his chance to shine. Uh, maybe Mike Thomas comes in and he's a hero for a week. Uh, Stanley Morgan, I don't know. I kind of doubt it. They haven't shown much yet and haven't had the opportunity. Um, but sure, the Browns are 24th in the league, I think, uh, against the run. Maybe Joe Mixon starts running like Joe Mixon again. Um they, they, sure, the, the, the staff has to be able to, to adapt to that and change and, and obviously uh, understand that, that, that Chase is not part of the equation. But again, I go back to who they're playing. I, I don't think the Browns are very good. Uh, I, I think the Bengals can win this game without, without Chase, providing that everybody else does what he is capable of doing. I want to shift gears. Uh, and uh, asked you about a couple of – but did you watch any of the Baltimore-Tampa Bay game last night? A little bit, yeah. Okay. A little. Um, I got to tell you, Doc, and, and look, uh, they're in arguably the worst division in the NFL, they being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and, you know, stats can be deceiving. Brady throws for 320-something yards. He puts it up 44 times. He doesn't turn it over. Uh, but the bottom line is, man, I mean, uh, and, and I hope I'm wrong because I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Um, but, boy, I mean, he's missing passes last night, guys in the end zone that are open. Uh, and he's not only missing, he's missing badly. Um, beginning of the end, maybe, or too early to say? Um you can look at it from two different two different angles. One, I saw a lot of balls he threw that went straight into the ground. Um, angle one is Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Don't never count Tom Brady out unless you want to look foolish. A angle two is Tom Brady at forty five isn't Tom Brady at twenty five or or even thirty five. Um, the, the line he has blocking for him is just okay, really not that great. Um, and, yeah, I mean, at some point, time has to catch up to you, right? I mean, the, the, the good career of him would have been to retire after last year. That's easy to say now, but some of us said that then. Um, now, I don't know. They, they, they've, got, they've got a long haul to get themselves out of the hole they're in now. I don't think there's anybody better suited 
on that roster than Tom Brady to do that. Um, but you're right. If you watched him, and you watched him all year, not just last night, he's been a little off. And I think we talked about this before. Uh, he hears footsteps a lot. He always has. And, and when you hear footsteps, maybe you get the ball, get rid of the ball too quickly. Maybe you make a bad decision or two. You don't wait for your receivers to get open. Maybe you can't because the, the, the rush is on you. I think that plays a big part, especially when you're a guy like Brady, who has never, even in his finest years, been the most mobile of guys. We're going to have Bronson Arroyo on the show this coming Wednesday. Um, he was elected to the Reds Hall of Fame, and, I mean, that's a, that's a landslide, no-brainer. Uh, what a performer this guy was for the Reds. You know, I, I don't know how often Cincinnati gets labeled uh, as being cool, but Bronson Arroyo, <laughs> as you pointed out, uh, and you were the first to point it out uh, many, many years ago, he was cool. He is cool. He was cool to watch. He was yeah. fun to watch. And, and, and I think everybody who's ever spent literally 10 or 15 minutes around this guy, uh, you couldn't be happier for somebody to, to, to have this recognition. Yeah, he was one of those guys that made me glad I chose the, the career that I did. Um, just a regular guy. I mean, to me, cool guys are, are effortlessly cool. They don't have to work at it. They don't have to try to be cool. Uh, they don't have to demonstrate how cool they are. They just are. They let everybody else decide if they're cool. And Bronson was overwhelmingly cool, mainly because he didn't have to work at it. And, and he was a good dude to everybody. I mean, you and I both have seen guys uh, in the manager's office and in the clubhouse who will warm up to you if, if you're someone well-known. Yep. In, in the media. Yep. Uh, I remember Tommy Lasorda, may he rest in peace, who, who loved the national guys and, and was not great with the local beat guys. So Tom, uh, Bronson Arroyo would be nice to everybody. He was a regular dude. He, I, 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 when, after I wrote that yesterday, I got tons of response from people who said, I remember when he showed up at, at my Boy Scouts camping trip and played guitar. I remember I was hanging, I hung out with him briefly in, in uh, Goodyear or something, and nobody said this guy was a jerk, because he wasn't. And his cool, like I said, his cool was effortless, and to me, that's the key to being cool. So let, let's, let me ask you this, let's do cool, not cool for a second. Yeah. I say, George Clooney and Dwayne Johnson, who's cooler? Oh, no contest. Not even close, Clooney. You agree or disagree? No chance. I totally disagree. You're kidding me. I totally disagree. I, I look, Dwayne I, I love Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson seems like a really cool guy. Seems like a good guy. But 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 do you think that Clooney goes out of his way to try to be cool? I, I think there's a bit of an act there. He's an actor. Okay. Uh, I think okay. there's a Fair sort enough. of a practiced, a practiced cool around George Clooney. Nothing against George Clooney, but we're comparing him to one of the coolest guys ever, in my opinion, which okay. is The Rock. Guys, what do who's you think? Shown who's that cooler? James, cool. uh, who's cooler, fellas? Who, who, you chime in. You vote on this. What do you think? Clooney or, Clooney or The Rock? I would oh. definitely say The Rock is okay. cooler. Okay. Paul? Uh, if you know me, The Rock's my guy. I love Clooney. Well, obviously, I'm in the minority. Three out of four majority there rules There you go. That. Okay. All right. What else, Doc? You got two other names? Um, 
if you had to pick one guy to hang out with and be cool with on your desert island, Bronson Arroyo or Dusty Baker? Uh, Arroyo. I like them both. Baker. They're both really cool. I, I think do too. Have gr- that's that's great- like M&M regular M&M peanut, right? They're both great. I, I, I go with Dusty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, both of them, you're going to have great conversations. You're going to have uh, intelligent conversations. You're going to have deep conversations. Um, uh, and maybe the only reason uh, Arroyo is because I think if you're stranded on a desert island, you got to have some music. And, and so he could at least strum a little yeah. music, I think, for you there. So that well, might Dusty be. Well, Dusty can't play music, but he knows music. Yes, he does. He knows music very well. But if he doesn't have that little button to turn around and push it, <laughs> he ain't going to play it. Whereas Arroyo could, you know, he could find, a, we could take a couple of vines, take a couple of tree limbs, and now he's got something going, and, and at least you got some entertainment, right? Or right, ask your panel to break the tie. All right, fellas. Bronson Arroyo or Dusty Baker? Mm, I think it'd probably have to be Bronson. Okay. Bronson. Okay, all right. Okay. All right, so okay. now we're, we're, now we got to do best out of three. All right. Okay. All right. For the time. All right so, come, up, come up with some guys. Now. All right. Let's come up. All right. Uh, uh, let's say, um, let's say you're going to go out on the town, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that we we all just say that for one night, no one can bother these guys when you're out on the town. Okay. No paparazzi and, and no fans coming over and all that kind of stuff. But if you had to go out and, and, and just have a few beers and, and just hang out the whole night with a bunch of buddies and you either had, let's see, Tom Brady Ooh. Okay. or Joe Burrow. That's really a no contest. That's not a fair fight. Really? Yeah, Joe Burrow by a mile. Oh, yes. You think wow. Tom Brady would be a fun guy out on the town? Dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> Tom Brady is one of the – now, you talk about – and I've had a chance to be around him in – in, 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 you know, we used to go in and do NFL games, and he would come in, uh, and the only people that would be sitting in there would be him and me, and in some cases, Troy Aikman, and other cases, Chris Spielman, whoever it might be, Brian Billick, whatever it might be. I got to tell you, Tom Brady is one of the coolest guys I have ever been around in my life. I think just Bro. getting to see him from I all the. I haven't had that pleasure, so I'll yield to your. Uh, okay, expertise. all right. Well, but Burrow would be a good one, Paul. You're the tiebreak here, or we may not have a tiebreak if you pick Brady. Uh, I don't. That's just all the history that Brady's done over the years. I feel like it. It it would be a that Super Bowl parade that that Brady and all the fun. Oh man, I I don't know if I could pass up. Hang I mean, on, Brady's flipping the Super Bowl trophy across yeah. water and, and boat he, to boat, right? Yeah, but he had his best bud there, Gronkowski. If you would have asked me Gronkowski on Joe Burrow, I, I might have picked Gronkowski on that. I think if you're looking for stories and, like, you're going to, like, uh, if you're going to, like, the Blind Lemon for a night and you're just sitting around the, the fire yep. and you're talking, I'm going to take Tom Brady. But if you're going to, like, the club, and you're going to the music, dude. You, you're getting oh, way too. Then you're out going there to now. you're it's going to burrow. Way too much, you know. You it, gotta pick. Wait, one just the right pick here. one for just, God's sakes. 
got to prick Brady. Okay. Okay, right. so we're tied. We're still tied. Oh, boy. I, I, I luckily Go ahead, made, a, I made a poll for the chat to decide between Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Well, they're of all our chat is, of course. I mean, that, that that's ridiculous. It's Come actually on. a lot closer than you would think. It's, okay. It's 70-30. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Okay. What about right. Daniel Craig or George Clooney? Who? Daniel James Bond. Daniel Craig. <laughs> there is only one James Bond. Daniel Craig. No. No. Okay, how about how about how about um Sean Connery or Dwayne Johnson? Oh. Mm. Now, Doc, I'm throwing you for a little bit of a loop here at your age. Yeah, yeah, very hard to go against the original James Bond, for God's sake. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd have to go with Sean Connery. I know you two young guys are taking the rock. That's a no-brainer. No. Okay, we're still on a tie here. The I mean, we got to let Doc go. He's got to work for a living. Uh, all right, well, let's cook one up here. Let's let's get let's get one more. Let's get a tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to I'm trying to take one from the chat. Uh. Let's let's see who. Oh man, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, who would be more? Okay. Right, how about this one? Okay, how about ahead. this one? All I right. got it. All, All right. right. How about Gronk or Bronson Arroyo? For what? Hanging out. Just Gronk. hanging out. Hanging out. Oh, Gronk. Gronk. Doc. Arroyo. I am too. We're never. Uh, I, don't know, guy, I don't. I don't need to go to. A, I don't need to go to a club and like wear a lampshade on my head or break a bottle on my forehead. I don't want that kind of fun. I agree. I want. I want more of a laid back, mellow, mature. I'm not an eight perpetual eighteen year old freshman in college. Fun. I don't want. That's that. right. That's, want a, you are, that, that's why this will never end because you two guys are going to pick the young guy, <laughs> and Doc and I are going to take Sean Connery. Sean Connery or Frank Sinatra? Oh. Frank Sinatra or Elvis Presley? Frank. Oh. Now really Frank. getting old. Oh, Elvis. Man. Elvis. Elvis. You, you say Frank. You Elvis. say Elvis. Doc, could you take it? Frank. Thank Uh-oh. you. I'd have gone Elvis. Oh, <laughs> let's go, Tom. <laughs> let's go, go Tom. This will never end. Come this on. This will never end. No, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Doc, we'll look for the morningline.substack.com. This has been fun. We've gotten off a little sports and serious and, and, and having a little fun. I want each of us, the four of us, to think of when we have Doc back next week, we have to come up with at least three or four more pairings. Okay? Oh, yeah. We All got right? it. So we give it some it. thought. Doc, thanks for the time, my man. All right, boys. And see you right. later. Be Make good. sure to bring the lid. You know, before we get Dan Horde on, one of the greatest stories Harry Carey ever told me. Um, when, when Harry was uh, broadcasting uh, college football during the wintertime, he was living in St. Louis, voice of the Cardinals. He's sitting in his hotel room, and the phone rings, and he answers the phone, and he says, hello, and he says, is this Harry Carey? He says, it is. He says, Harry, this is Elvis Presley. Harry hangs up the phone. Phone rings again two minutes later. Says, Mr. Carey, this is Elvis Presley. Harry hangs up the phone again. Phone rings again. Soon as Harry answers the phone, he says, don't hang up. Walk downstairs to the lobby and walk out in front of the hotel. And I will be sitting in front of the hotel waiting for you to take you to lunch. 
He said, at least go downstairs, take five minutes. So what happens? Harry goes downstairs. He's doing a game in Memphis. It's a Memphis State football game. He goes downstairs. He walks in front of the hotel. And here comes this convertible. Pulls right up. Guess who's driving? Elvis Presley. (laughs) Harry Carey hung out, had lunch with Elvis, went and did the football game that night. Elvis picked him up after the game. Off they go to Graceland and hanging all hours of the night. Harry Carey and Elvis Presley. Harry Carey's going to be one of the pairings next week. So do you pair him up against a guy like Bob Costas? Oh, no. No chance, Tom. You pair him up Don't against do Bob a, like you, that. You, I'm, just, I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying, start thinking. And, and those of you in Euchre. the chat. Right? I mean, we got lots of people in the chat. Euchre. We need some of you to start thinking of some other matchups that we could conceivably have next week because right now we're still in a tie. Harry and you. Lee Erickson or Christopher Columbus? Ooh, we're oh. back with Dan Ford in just a minute. <laughs> At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, Ask about Bartell's 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartellsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartell's Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. turn when you're in pain. Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. season is back here in the Queen City and week one St. X versus Lakota West. EJE train here with Chatterbox. It's about to go down. It's our kickoff of our official tour. Every Friday night you'll see us. Let's go.
All right, big weekend of high school football. The playoffs begin tonight around the great state of Ohio, the Buckeye State. Great teams here in the area trying to repeat or win state championships. We'll have more on that a little bit later on. But first things first, a couple of big games on both the college front and the pro front here in Cincinnati. And uh, the man who has both of those covered for you each and every single Saturday, Sunday, and or in this case Monday, sometimes Thursday, sometimes next Friday when you see plays. And that would be our good buddy, the voice of the Bearcats, the voice of the Bengalis, Dan Hoare. Daniel, good Friday morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm great, Tom. How are you? I'm doing well. You're on your way down to uh, uh, Central Florida, UCF. That is in uh, Orlando, correct? Indeed, it is. Massive are you surprised camper? the Bearcats are an underdog in this game, Dan, when you look at what they've done in the conference uh, and when you look at UCF just getting bludgeoned last week by East Carolina? Are you surprised? Maybe a little bit, but not much. I think UCF is good. I was surprised that they played as lousy as they did last week against East Carolina. ECU is not terrible, good quarterback, good running back, and they played a great game. But I think UCF is probably the second best team in the league. I know the record doesn't show it. Tulane's in the top 25. UCF didn't play well last week. But in terms of their talent and their quarterback in particular, I still regard them as the second best team to Cincinnati. Um, okay, talk about the Bearcats. Uh, you, you know, the homecoming game against South Florida, they, they were just okay, but they found a way to win. Uh, last week, the game uh, at SMU, again, they were just okay, uh, but they found a way to win. W w what's your feel, Danny? Uh, I, I was with Urban Meyer the other night, and his son, Nate, who, who is working as a, a you know grad assistant kind of like guy on that staff, and, and we were talking about um, – you see, and he pointed out to me, he, saying, he said, I think a lot of people forget that there are so many guys that are playing for the first time this year on this UC team, and they're only seven games into, in many cases, not just this year, but seven games into their quote-unquote careers with UC. And so it's, it's a, it, there's still a lot of learning going on and getting consistency. Is that a fair point? It's totally a fair point. I think Justin Williams wrote a great story earlier this week for The Athletic, basically talking about how unrealistic our expectations are for this team. Not that I thought that the record would be worse, but people are so seemingly bent out of shape when they don't win by three touchdowns. They lost nine NFL draft picks. They lost a quarterback who was 44 and six. The last four years, they lost the number four pick in the NFL draft who might be the NFL defensive rookie of the year. He probably would be if the season ended today. Cincinnati has never lost talent like they lost this past year. And yet people, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people seem to think that there shouldn't have been a drop off at all. Uh, I think the fact that they are six and one with a six game winning streak is a heck of an accomplishment. And if they can win, Tomorrow in Orlando, I don't think it's uh, out of the question to think that they can run the table and go back to a New Year's Six Bowl. When, when, um, when you look at the team for this coming week, and for fans that maybe don't pay a whole lot of attention to, to Central Florida, what is it, when you're looking at this game, preparing for this game, what are a couple of the things that you could share with some of us about what we might want to look for that could determine the outcome of the game? 
Well, let's start with UCF's quarterback, John Rice Plumley. The name will be familiar to big SEC fans because back in 2019, he's a transfer from Ole Miss. Back in 2019, he was the backup to Matt Corral as a true freshman. Corral got hurt. John Rice Plumley started for most of the season that year as a true freshman for Ole Miss. He ran for more than a thousand yards. He's a quarterback who has four three speed. He's fourth in the American Athletic Conference in rushing. He is a legitimate threat as a runner. He's okay as a passer, but he is great as a runner. Back in 2019, that was Joe Burrow's national championship season uh, at LSU, the 15 and 0 year, 60 touchdown passes, et cetera, et cetera. They played Ole Miss that year. Joe Burrow threw for like 470 yards and five touchdowns, typical, a typical game for him that year. This guy, John Rice Plumley, ran for 221 yards and four touchdowns against that LSU national championship defense that day. So that's the number one thing to be looking out for tomorrow. What else? What else? What about UC on offense? What about UCF on defense? So UCF is number one in the league in points scored and number one in the league in fewest points allowed. Now, they gave up some points last week against East Carolina. I do think the quarterback, Holt Naylor's for ECU, is really good. He's been there forever. Keaton Mitchell's probably the best running back in the league. So they've got really good players at those two positions. But that's the first time in ages that UCF has given up more than 20 points in a game. It's, it's exactly what you would expect it to be, a really fast athletic defense. Most of those players are coming from Florida, South Florida in particular. They always recruit well, and that's what they have on defense. So I don't think Cincinnati is going to have a speed advantage, certainly on either side of the ball. Uh, but I do think, you know, the Bearcats obviously have plenty of skill position talent on offense to be able to put some points on the board if they execute well. Okay, shift gears now to the pro front. Uh, the big news, uh, of course, it's all everybody's talking about. If you're a um, um, a sports fan here in greater Cincinnati, for that matter, all around the entire NFL. Um, what are the Bengals without Jamar Chase? Not going to ask you to speculate because, you know, nobody knows how long this is going to take before you get him back. But, but, but what are your thoughts about the Cincinnati Bengals offense without Jamar Chase? He's their best offensive weapon, excluding the quarterback. So that's a huge loss. But I've been meaning to do this at some point today, and I will. I'm going to take a look at every NFL roster and determine how Cincinnati's wide receiver core minus Jamar Chase matches up against everybody else. And I'm thinking it's still going to be top half in the league just with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and whoever else you stick in there, whether it's Mike Thomas, Trent Taylor, Trenton Irwin, who's likely to come up from the practice squad, whoever that third guy turns out to be. Higgins is a number one wide receiver on virtually every NFL roster. Tyler Boyd is probably one of the top three slot receivers in the NFL. They're still very good at that position, but it's impossible to replace the timing and chemistry that Joe Burrow has with Jamar Chase. Uh, Cleveland. You know, I, I, I sit here and argue with these two clowns, uh, Casey and Paul, because, you know, they, they, they're on this whole uh, mantra, brown stink, brown stink. You want to go ahead and say it for him? Oh, Dan, Dan, you and I know each other pretty well. You know me. You know, you know that I'm going to give a take and I'm going to stand by it. Brown stink, Dan. Come on. The Browns stink. <laughs> I say, Dan, they don't stink. I say the Bengals, and it was pointed out earlier by James Rapine, 
Um, you know, it, it, theoretically, if the Bengals lost a game, and I'm not suggesting they are, but if they lost a game by three points or fewer this week, they would have four losses by a combined 11 points. We don't think they stink. The Browns have four of their five losses this year by a combined 11 points. Why do they stink? So say these guys. What do you think about the Cleveland Browns? I don't think they stink, but I think the Bengals should be able to beat them right now considering that Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, and they've got legitimate injury problems. We're all obsessed right now with Jamar Chase, and rightfully so, but the Browns have issues too. David Njoku, their great tight end who's been playing awesome this year, is out. I think Wyatt Teller is going to be out. Anthony Walker, one of their best linebackers, went on IR for the season earlier this year. Their leading tackler, Jacob Phillips, went on IR earlier this week. So they've got some issues, and Jacoby Brissett is just a guy. And for these 11 games, while he's going to be their starting quarterback, he's not going to win them games. His job is not to lose games, and he has thrown some costly fourth-quarter interceptions. So I think the formula is pretty simple. You've got to prevent Nick Chubb from going off. And unfortunately, he has gone off in the past against Cincinnati. He's averaging 95 rushing yards head-to-head against the Bengals in his career. I guess I could live with 95 on Monday night, but you can't live with like 130-plus. Yeah. Okay. Dan, uh, safe travels. You're on that fancy charter again. I'm curious. Are you double-dipping on charters this weekend? I just got to thinking about that for a minute. Maybe you don't make it back. Well, of course you would make it back Saturday night. So – you will be on charter flight. This is the kind of stuff that only George Clooney gets to do, <laughs> yeah. right? So, I mean, we were just talking about who's cool or not cool or trying to be cool. Dan Horde is now, without a doubt, we knew he was cool. But now he's on a charter Friday. He's on a charter Saturday. He's on a charter Sunday. And he's on a charter late Monday night. Dan, does it get any better than that? Well, it wouldn't get any better than that. But, but that's not the case this week. Oh. And it actually, this is better than that. I'm going to trust that my lovely mom, Diane, is not watching this show. And <laughs> anybody That's viewing, a probably a safe bet. Probably a safe bet. Anybody watching cannot share this on okay. Facebook. My mom's right. on Facebook, so don't tell her. My okay. mom turned 85 earlier this week. Wow. She lives in Lakewood, New York, which is in the southwest tip of New York State. It's only about two and a half hours from Cleveland. So I will travel to UC, travel to Orlando with UC later today. I will come back with the team after the game on Saturday. On Sunday morning, I'm going to rent a car and drive home to surprise my mom for her 85th birthday, which is going to be awesome. And then early Monday morning, I'll drive to Cleveland. I'll drop off the car and then I will travel back with the team after the game. So I get to see my mom on Sunday, which is going to be tremendous. Dude, I mean, it, 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 that is absolutely awesome. Uh, I, it's all happy birthday to your mom. Thank um, you. Please give her a hug and a kiss from us. Uh, you're so lucky to have your mom still with you and with us. And so, my friend, enjoy a great. That's that is our cherry on top today. Officially brought absolutely. to you by UDF. Is Dan is going to see his mom for her birthday or to celebrate? her birthday correct and it'll be a surprise which is going to be great my oldest sister lives close to where i grew up so she will be there my next oldest sister is 
making the trip from Indianapolis. So she will be there. Wow. My brother who lives in South Carolina can't be there, but my youngest sister lives close to home. So four of the five kids will be there. It'll be great. Amen. Happy birthday. Safe travels, my friend. Godspeed. Thanks. Appreciate it. All righty. Dan that Now that is a great story. I, anybody who's ever lost their mom, I lost my mom a long time, a long, long time ago. Um, and man, when I hear stories like that, uh, that is great stuff. Um, boys, we have a few minutes here before we're going to take a break and get to our uh, picks. Samuel says, that's great, Dan, but driving sucks. I, I, I disagree entirely. I, I'm one of those guys who loves to drive. I've driven across the country by myself. Um, I love driving. Dan's going to enjoy that. I, uh, people love Dan. They should love Dan. Dan is officially cooler than George Clooney. Not a hot take. Okay. <laughs> uh, Richard from Indian Hill. Remember him? Tracy Jones, old friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tracy's old friend. Private he Jones. says, I wish Marty Brenneman would come out of retirement. He could announce Cincinnati Cyclones games for now and work his way back up to the Reds booth. It would be an epic comeback <laughs> and return to glory. That would be impressive. Do it on a guest night when it's dollar beer night. Actually, you know what? Horrible news in the city of Cincinnati, Tom. This is actually terrible. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> this is bad. What's that? Inflation is coming for us all, Tom. Well, oh, no, no kidding. It's you not. Out from under a rock? It's not dollar beer night anymore. It's no. $2 beer night at the yeah, I do that. I, I remember oh. they announced that. Yes. Oh, I, I got hit like a rock the other day when I found that out. That's just horrible news. It's terrible. That's terrible. I got to rethink my decisions. I mean, that, that's double. You know, that, that's basically what's happened with everything else. Everything else, double the cost now. Okay. Uh, Sir Boy Wonder says, um, we need a surprise video from Dan for that birthday. That's a good idea. I may have to text him on that. Uh, and then Sir Boy Wonder again. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to stop talking about you, Sir Boy Wonder. Uh, if you keep making these kinds of comments, which we got into last week, Tom must be ready for that white claw by now. <laughs> I can't tell you. know, There are a lot of things you can say about me, and most of them have been said, and in some cases continue to be said. But very few are more painful than that charge right there, that I'm ready for a white claw. Claw. Not a seltzer guy? <laughs> Please. Oh Tom, a God. seltzer guy? Uh, you didn't strike me as one. I was just straight. I'm a straight beer guy. What's your beer of choice? I mean, I, you know, I, I, I told you I'm not the IPA, you mm. know, all that fancy stuff with the alcohol level at five and a half and seven and a half. You know, I just stick with your regular old, you know, regular old beer, and so, I'm good with a bunch of them. So what is Anything it? Is it? from the king of beers? I love the king of beers. Love the king of beers. The champagne of beers. You see, now you guys are showing your age. Well, Anybody out there right now, including Richard from Indian Hill, who flies on private planes and like Tracy, um, he, you know, he, he probably drinks Grey Goose and that kind of game. But there's only one known as the champagne of beers. I like having a few of those. Um, 
But, you know, domestic stuff, some, some import stuff. You See, guys don't know the champagne of beers. I, I, I like me some Bud, and I like me some uh, Miller. Miller, Miller Life. High Life Miller is High the Life. champagne of beers. Right. Okay. Yeah. The High Life. Yeah. Pretty sure that's, that's, what, uh, that's what's at the Cyclones on $2 beer night now. Isn't that what it is? Isn't that what they do I for doubt $2 it. beer night? I doubt it. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been invited down to dollar bill night, beer night. Oh, let's do, well, um, we can't anymore. It's two dollar beer night now. We can't. Uh, I was going to say we should all go, but I guess we can't anymore. Uh, Richard from Indian Hill says, "I might be surprised to know that he actually loves drinking Wiedemann beer." That's an old Cincinnati brewery name. Hmm. <laughs> Leave Eric's beer and a broad kind of guy. That's it. What is this? <laughs> what, what, what is this nonsense? Uh, Sir Boy Wonder apologized. Says he apologizes. Leif Erickson, a nice horn of mead. <laughs> <laughs> we really have some, some, some good dudes and some borderline clowns that, that are, are watching our show uh, on a daily basis. Boys, are we ready to go after a break? It is time once again for our weekend picks. It's that time of the week. It's that time of the week. Fire us up. It's time to extend that lead. Ohio University will not be part of our picks this weekend because next week, you know what starts next week, don't you, Paulie? Maction. You got it. Maction. And always featured on Maction is Ohio University. Wouldn't want it any other way. The first one for Ohio University is a week from this Tuesday. Or no, it is this coming Tuesday at, uh, at home. Um, and then Ohio University will be featured at Miami on Maction. There will be more OU fans there than Miami fans. Let's go. Seriously, let's go. Tuesday night. Except you got to spend the night. You get up there, you got to have a few Wiedemans or whatever. And uh, or white claws that that's probably very popular at Miami of Ohio. White claws, yeah. Athens, Ohio is a beer town, beer drinking, red blooded, real rounds. young Americans. Miami, they've got the high noon and the white claw and all that. Yeah, all right, all right. Our picks around the corner, stick around. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, Ask about Bartell's 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartellsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartell's Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun.
turn when you're in pain. Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. All right, boys and girls, it is that time. Welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Oh, my God. Nooners at Miami of Ohio. I assume those are high noons. They are. Yep. The high noons. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Here we go, boys. It is time for our picks for the weekend. Are we ready to go? We have a lot of college games, a lot of pro games. Yep. We're going to at least review last night's yeah. picks. Got some cleanup to do here. Uh, 0 for 3 across the board. 0 for yeah. 3. 0 for 3. Nobody right. gains any ground. So that one uh, really never even happened. Yep. You know the old thing about the tree if it falls and, the, you know, nobody there to hear it? Yep. Okay. So it never happened. Nothing lost, nothing gained. Exactly. Just heard Dan Hoard talking about the matchup between the Bearcats and UCF. He thinks UCF has a very good team. And UCF is favored by two. I don't know how in the world you pick against a team that has not lost in their conference in uh, nearly three years. And I'm not starting now. I'm going with Luke Fickle and the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Gentlemen. Well, for that exact reason, Dan's reasoning, that this is one of the best teams in the division and Cincinnati's been getting away with some bad play and just sneaking out with some wins, I'm picking UCF. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, Bearcats 0-3-1 against the spread on the road this year, 0-2-1 against the spread against the conference competition this year. Uh, it's a best-on-best type of game. You know, UCF sixth in total offense. UC ninth in total defense. UC's won the last three. Uh, this is a game UCF really needs to stay in the AAC title conversation. And for that reason, I'm taking UCF. Wow. All right. Yeah, no There's one picks. game I'm making up this weekend. <laughs> oh. There's one. They're right. ready to come. On to the next. On to the next we go. Ohio State and Penn State. The Ohio State University Buckeyes. Number two in the nation, going to Penn State. I mentioned that I, I had a chance because I, he, he and I have known each other for a long time. Um, and, I, you know, whether you like him or don't like him, it's your call, your decision. Uh, I, I know him more as a uh, – both as a, a coach when he coached uh, and as a, as a friend, and that's Urban Meyer. And he made the comment to me the other night um, – he said, you know, it's amazing, one, how bad the Big Ten is this year. He said, it's incredible how bad it is. And he said, you can make the argument that this is the first game all year long where, the, where Ohio State is facing a guy at quarterback that you would actually say is a better than average, even average starting quarterback, and that would be, of course, Sean Clifford of Penn State, St. X alum, all that kind of thing. So even though Buckeyes defense is ranked whatever they're ranked, top five in the country, blah, 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 
they haven't really faced anybody. Notre Dame's quarterback, the kid's hurt now, so you know, I hope he's okay, but, but he didn't look any good, uh, nor have the guys they've played since. But I still think Ohio State's the best team in the country. They're number one in my Power Five. I think they go on the road. It's a noon kick, so you know, it's not one of these nighttime whiteout deals at Penn State. I think Ohio State rolls over um, the Nittany Lions. Gentlemen. Casey. Well, we all know I got family ties. Yes, that's Lions. right. And, you know. And you're throwing your family to the streets. No, I'm not. Because last year when the Penn State Nittany Lions faced Ohio State, they only lost 33 to 24, which is only by nine points or so, right? So I think Sean Clifford keeps this game close. And Penn State makes me proud. They're not going to win, but they're going to make me proud by keeping it close. Give me Penn State. Wow, changing your pick. I like it. All right. I like it too. Penn State, 4-1 and one against the spread against Ohio State over the last five years. Ohio State has not beaten Penn State by more than 15 points since 2015. They haven't won by more than 15 in-state college in 13 years when they won only by 17. Nittany Lions, they're frisky against Ohio State. Give me the... Give me the home team. This is going to nice. be an absolute home team. route, boys. And, and you, actu- guys, you guys have made a bad mistake there in that pick. Actually, betting-wise, I will not be betting this game uh, on the spread. I will be taking the over in this game. I think both teams can can score some points. I think 14.5 lends itself to that total, uh, too. I like the over in this game. I, I've been riding Ohio State overs. I don't think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But you're picking against him to cover. I am. Okay. Okay. You know, th- th- this is a game, and and uh, who was the guy we had on uh, from Tennessee? I like Wes that Rutgers. Dude. Wes Rucker, yeah. We-, we asked him about this after the Tennessee-Alabama game, and Tennessee was going to have a week off, uh, or – in essence, a week off. They played Tennessee Martin. Kentucky had last week off. So Kentucky's had two weeks to get ready for this game. Big rivalry, we know that. Um, Kentucky's got a nice team. Uh, I still maintain they could very easily be undefeated, and this could be a matchup um, of, of two top seven teams in the country. Um, but he wondered if Kentucky had the firepower on offense to keep up with the high-octane offense of Hooker and the Volunteers. So with that in mind, I'm taking his advice. Uh, I think that 12, that's a funny number to me, 12 in this game. I want to hear your guys' thoughts about this, but I'm taking the Volunteers. I seem to be the only one that is riding this Will Levis train, and I don't see why the spread is actually this much. I think these two teams would actually be a lot closer in the spread if you consider how they should have beat Ole Miss, how they probably would have beat South Carolina yep. with Will Levis. Yep. I mean, they beat Mississippi State 27-17. Uh, I mean, that's 10 points, which is – I don't know. To, to me, this game just feels like it's a trap for people that want to get the Tennessee hype. Yep. I'm taking UK on this one. All right. Uh, I've gone back and forth on this game all week. 
If you've been listening to Not Too Picky over the course of this college football season, you know that Reed and I have been very high on Will Levis. I love Kentucky. I love Chris Rodriguez. I love what Kentucky's been able to do this year when Will Levis and Rodriguez have been playing at the same time when they've played at a high level. I think this is a Tennessee team that needs this game, and they need this game in convincing fashion before they play Georgia. This is a game at home. They got those black uniforms. They're playing in front of a, a, a crowd that is going to be fired up to play a really good team again. Talk about this home schedule for Tennessee. You yep. get Alabama, and now you get Kentucky, who's having a great season. Um, I'm with Casey that they should be at least 6-1. and one. Kentucky flat out should have won that Ole Miss game. Tough break against South Carolina. Spreads a little high. I'm not afraid to take it, though, Tom. I'm riding with you. I'm going with Tennessee on the road. Even though I love Kentucky and I would not be shocked if they cover this, I think Tennessee makes a statement here at home. If this was at Kentucky, I'd be taking Kentucky. But I think Tennessee at home uh, needs – they need a statement here. They, they can't come out and waffle in this game uh, when you're playing a game against the SEC East and you need this uh, before you play Georgia. Um, Rex says Kentucky has the best quarterback in the game. I like Levis, but Rex, come on. I mean, come on. Oh, you know what? Now, I, I, might, I might stop myself. If you mean in this game, so better Between than Hooker. Hooker. Okay. I, I'm not going to – I don't know. I don't watch either team enough to know the answer to that question. I thought you meant in college football. Best quarterback in college football is playing up the road, about 90 miles from here. Um, one of the great takes of all time by Leif Erickson. Says, Tennessee will punish UK like the Vikings did at the Battle of York. <laughs> okay, Rex is saying better than Hooker. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, TCU undefeated I've got a lot of money invested in TCU and I don't mean gambling that would be chicken scratch compared to the amount of money I got tied up in TCU um, I am going with the Horn Frogs go to West Virginia this will not be an easy game West Virginia's got a decent team not a great team TCU is coming off four straight weekends of beating ranked opponents um my understanding is, is if TCU wins this game, that that Fox Big Noon Saturday pregame show is going down to Fort Worth, Texas to TCU next week. That will be chaos down there. I go with the Horned Frogs. Seven and a half point favorites to stay undefeated. And I'm going to also pick TCU. Um... I think, like you said before, this is, I mean, this is one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, West Virginia has been not great on defense. Um, this is just something that they got to go and win. You yep. know, they, they, they got to go win this game if they want to continue to stay in the top 10 and have a chance to make it into the postseason for the playoffs. Um, I doubt they do, but they got to win the game if they want it. And uh, this is a team that, is doing pretty well. Four ranked opponents in a row. It's nothing to scoff at. I know they're tougher part of their schedule if you just if you're taking out those ranked opponents because Oklahoma stinks. 
Um, Kansas has been pretty good. Oklahoma State's great. Kansas State has lost the last couple. But Texas, that's big Coming time. Up. Yeah, they, they got to – yeah. So. Yep. I was going to go on and do my laundry list of reasons why I'm betting – which way I'm betting in this game. Tom, you pretty much hit all of the points that I was going to make. But all of the points that you made for TCU – is why I'm actually going to take West Virginia in this game. This is the game that I like least of the 10 games that we are picking this weekend. This is a, as, as some people say in the gambling industry, a hold your nose and take it type of game. This is a disgusting line to me. I, I think TCU is much better than a 7.5 point favorite against a West Virginia team that is coming off a 48-10 to 10 loss to Texas Tech. Texas Tech's not but, bad. That's who TCU plays next week. But West Virginia is a team that you know, they've been feisty. They, they beat Baylor 43-40. They have hung around this year. It, it, I just I think they have enough to keep this under a touchdown at home, or at least I'd like to think they do. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's why I'm taking them. All right, one you more. Know, this is the kind of game, by the way, this is the kind of game that for UC fans starting to look ahead to joining the Big 12, this is a kind of game where, you know, you, you saw West Virginia's record there at three and four. West Virginia beat Baylor a couple of weeks ago in a 49-47 overtime shootout kind of a game. I mean, these are the kinds of games that moving forward, it ain't like going down on a Saturday and playing three and four Navy. Yeah. And I, nobody loves the Naval Academy and the military more than me. And I'm not taking a, a shot at those guys, Okay. But, but, but it's also not like going and playing Tulane. I know they're ranked. I get that. But this is the kind of game when you move into the Big 12 that it's a whole different cat for the Bearcats starting next year. Okay, we in the pro game now or one more no, college one game? One more college game, right, what Florida and Georgia. This game in Jacksonville, 22 and a half. Uh, Gators have been up and down. Sometimes they look good, sometimes not so good. They've not looked so good lately. I take Georgia all day, every day, 22 and a half. Yeah, and uh, I'm taking Georgia too. Um, after watching Florida last couple of games, I watched them against Tennessee, watched them against Utah. I've seen a lot of Richardson. I watched them a little bit on the LSU game. And I'm sorry, he's just not that good. He's not that good for Florida. That was your Heisman guy. That's right. You were talking about You were preseason Heisman. Boy, you boy, if you I mean if it's not the Bengals, man, you are going hot and cold on dudes a lot. I think this is like one of the only guys I've been like super hot on initially and then really cold. Okay. And that's just because of how I felt about Utah. And Utah should have won that game to clarify. So okay. Man, Richardson just has disappointed me. <laughs> since the very beginning after that week one he's just been a disappointment to me and that's really harsh but it's just tough to 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 think that they will cover against one of the best defenses in all football i just can't see it so i'm taking georgia on this one paul georgia this year six and one against the spread uh this game's at florida georgia no, the game is at jacksonville or in jacksonville yes uh, it's Florida, but not yes. the swamp. It's Florida. not in the swamp. Yes. Uh, 
this game, 31-10, that's a Georgia massacre. Still gets me there with the Gators. Ooh. We're going to have some interesting, interesting numbers, what they're going to look like come um, Monday and Tuesday. All yep. right, now we're on to the pro game. Pro ranks. Pittsburgh and Philly. Ten and a half for an NFL game. That's a big number, and I think Philly covers. Wow. Um, I, I can't do it. I want to take Philly on this, but Steelers have been keeping it close. Even yeah, they have this, been. So You're right. I got to take the Steelers on this one. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm with you, Casey, as I fire this up here. I'm with you on this one. I think the Steelers – I think ten and a half is a big number. Uh – and I think the Steelers have been just feisty enough that they might be able to keep this under 11. Okay. All right, next one. All right, next one up. We go to – now, this is an interesting game. Um, I know you guys are, are straight south on the Rams. Uh, I, oh, I would well, not – No, 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 no. Not, not everyone here. Okay, well, you are. I am. I, I'm not ready to go south entirely on the Rams yet. Um, their offensive lines are work in progress. Their defense, you know – um, Stafford looks like Stafford from Detroit days rather than Stafford of Rams days. But maybe that's the offensive line. Kyle Shanahan has had full ownership uh, over Sean McVay outside of the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, but I am stepping away from that ownership continuing. Niners on the road, one-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking the Rams, although that place is going to be packed with 49er fans. Right? It will be. Oh, man. And Last year was unbelievable in that championship game. How many Niners fans? Yeah. Niners really travel well. People in this part of the country don't, don't realize that. They do. Uh, the Niners, they really travel well. When I went to the 49ers-Bengals game last year, oh, man, it was like half and half. Maybe even more 49ers fans than Bengals fans. And that's that was when we were doing good. Um, so they do travel well. And kind of for the exact reason that you gave that Kyle Shanahan just manhandles yep. the Rams. Yep. That's why I'm picking the 49ers okay. here. I mean, the spread is so small, so it's pretty much a pick them at that point. And I think 49ers are going to have to bounce back if they want to be in contention. I think the Rams' offensive line stinks. I think Stafford is just getting bullied back there, which makes him stink. They don't have a run game. The only thing they got is Cooper Cup. Uh, I, I'm taking the 49ers on this okay. one. Okay, Paul. Yeah. Uh, do, do Los Angeles Rams fans even exist? Are, good question. Are there Rams fans out there? You know what? It's it's a legitimate question on whether there are Rams fans or Charger fans out there. Big crowds though, but a lot of them, a lot of them, they're they're visiting fans. And it's an event. Yeah, it the, is. It's an event. It is. It is. All that said. Let's go, Tom. Give me the Rams. Okay. Bad takes, guys. Bad okay. Takes. This right. is a good game. Yes. No one saw this coming when the schedule came out. If somebody would have told you that Geno Smith was going to be the starting quarterback for Seattle when the season began, which we knew he was going to be, uh, the Giants coming off the year they had last year, even though Barkley's back healthy again, no one saw this coming as a good game. It is a good game. Uh, you got Seattle favored by three, and uh, I think Pete Carroll has him ready to roll. I think the Seahawks cover three. Yeah, and I, I don't know if fans remember how I felt about the Seahawks being in the top five, in your top five, and replacing the Giants, because I didn't trust them. I didn't believe in the Giants. 
I would have picked the Seattle Seahawks if I thought that DK Metcalf was going to play. And he's still questionable. I don't know if he's going to play or not. I got to take the Giants on this one. I think they've just lost too much firepower. I love what Geno Smith is doing so far this year. And I love that run game up in Seattle. But I think it's going to be tough sledding without DK. Okay. I think Daniel Jones is good. I'm giving Brian Dable a chance. Giants. I'll take the points. Okay. We'll get into this next week. What in the world do you watch that makes you think that Daniel Jones is good? Well, just save that thought, okay? Right. Save the thought. Right. He might throw for 350 this weekend. I, I don't see it. Uh, he can run it, uh, but I, I, I mean, this guy's been in the league now four years, whatever it is. I don't see it. Uh, but they're 6-1. and one. That's all that matters. Yep. Doesn't matter what I think. Uh, we talked about that bubbling. Yeah. Th- this thing has a chance really for the first time ever, and I mean ever, in Green Bay to get ugly. Because there were some comments made by Aaron Rodgers this week, um, sort of questioning in a a backdoor kind of way some of the coaching decisions, uh, personnel. We got to get our best 11 on the field. We got to get out of some of this nonsense of this and this and this and this. Um, This has the makings of uh, a meltdown. And I think perhaps this is where we watch it before our eyes. I think Buffalo destroys Green Bay. Uh, is that a Sunday night game? Yes. Well, they are going to be jacked up yep. in Buffalo Sunday night. I agree with you on this one, Tom. I'm, I'm scared for my, for my guy, Trace. Um, he might watch the downfall of Aaron Rodgers before his very eyes um and he's been beaten up about packers all season long i'm taking the bills on this one i think they do more than just cover that uh i think it's a blowout just like you said it's gonna get ugly okay i'm either gonna be very right or very wrong but i'm rolling with the pack i'm giving him one more chance okay i'm giving him one more chance i i just i'm giving aaron i've seen him do too much in his career that makes me think a game like this that they know that this 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 is the type of game this is a landmark game for buffalo a showcase on sunday night football this is every single thing this is setting up for a 20 to 25 point buffalo blowout and I'm going to give Aaron one more okay. shot. And, and, and I understand that. And I, I would never – it's like Tom Brady. I would never uh, begrudge anyone for thinking that, that Rodgers could bounce back and play well and the Packers play well because they, they are a winning franchise. That's what they are. All right. Okay, and then we're last but not least, right? Here it is. Ben Galley's trying to go to 5-3. and three. Keep pace with Baltimore. Went to 5-3 and three last night. The Browns. Uh, I don't even know why we're going to ask you guys what your picks are. Uh, I really, really, really struggled making this one. In fact, Casey, you and I were doing this this morning. I initially said Cleveland. Then I said, no, I can't do it because two weeks ago I said I'll never pick Cleveland again. So I'm taking the Bengals. Tight. Tight. Tight? Well, I mean, three and a half, three three is a spread. It's going to be tight. I don't think this is a route. No. So what what do you think it is, 2024? Yeah, I, I think okay. roughly something like that. Yeah, Because they, a field goal doesn't win it. That's a push. Just 24-20 would be the under. Yes. Yeah, totals at 45 and a half right now. Could see something like that happening. 
What do you guys think? Casey? I got the Bengals, and I got them by a million, just like Sir Boy Wonder oh says here. Oh, my God. Um, the Browns stink. They just do. They just stink. I don't care if we don't have Chase or not. Like, this is one of those games that I already felt like we were going to be really, really good in. They're not going to make the same mistake that they did last year when they first faced them, throw a pick six at the red zone. They're going to run the ball down the Browns' throat, and they're going to be able to just assert dominance. Okay. Paul? Yeah, this money was 90-10 earlier in the week on Cincinnati. It has now shifted. The majority of the money is on the Browns, 52-48. to 48. Wow. Uh, the majority of the bets, though, are on Cincinnati, 64-36. to 36, So more money is on the Browns than people that have bet the game. Uh, but look, if you think, Tom, that I'm going to sit here up uh, on this stand all week and tell all of our lovely, loyal listeners that the Browns stink, and I'm going to go back on my word and not have them back me up, then I'm not a man of any kind of character. I'm taking the Bengals. I think it will be tight. I'm with you, Tom. I think this will be a grinded-out, ugly type of game. I think it will be a tight win, but I don't think the Bengals push. I think they. I think if you have minus three, you're a winner. Okay, there you have it. Do we have a cherry on top? Well, we, we have one. We didn't know if you wanted to stick with the Dan Horde. Well, no, you know, if you, we do if you have put one, in though. the time and the work to have a cherry on top, then please, what, what are we about we do to have look one. at? Uh, if anything. Yeah. You want to pull it up? Yeah, I got it. Okay. You want to tee it up? Yeah. So uh, on the plane ride back home last night from the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, flying back from Tampa Bay, you know the Russell Wilson Broncos country, let's ride. You know that meme? No. Do you know what I'm talking about there? No. Okay. Well, Basically, the Broncos had to shoot a promo video. They were doing all their media day promo shoots, and they had Russell Wilson go out to do his shoot, and they had him say, Broncos country, let's ride. And he did it in the most monotone, unenthusiastic way. And they had him repeat it over and over because you have to do it for different types of shoots. You know that. And so he had to repeat it over and over, and somebody had a video of it, and the Broncos tweeted it out, like, here's your quarterback. It was a behind-the-scenes video, and everybody made fun of it going, can he show at least a little more emotion? So now it's taken on a life of its own. Whenever the Broncos lose this year, they tweeted out. So last night on the plane ride back home because Russell Wilson in an interview yesterday said that on the flight over to London for the Broncos game this weekend that he was doing stretching in the plane aisles, and he was doing, like, I guess calisthenics or whatever in the aisles of the planes while the rest of the Broncos were sleeping, and everybody's like, come on, Russell, let's give, give me a break here. So on the plane ride last night back home, this was uh, this was Justin Tucker on the plane ride. Uh oh. Oh no. Hang on. Hold on. Hold on. Technical Hold on. difficulties. Technical difficulties. Hang on a second. Let me. All right. Let me fix this. We're there. There before, we are. Before before uh, you run this. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know what's going to be in this clip. Yeah. Okay. And the case could be made that Justin Tucker is the greatest field goal kicker in the history of the game. Absolutely. I mean, and, 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 and I'm not one of these guys that's a hater on kickers, although a lot of guys inside the sport, players, coaches, they, they, they really don't like kickers. They don't at all. They, and not even a little bit. And I never understood it because those guys can win you games, they can lose you games. And Tucker's won a lot of games. Yeah. Throw it up there. I'm going to hold my thought on this until I hear what he has to say. Go ahead. Okay. This guy, let's let's talk to us a little bit, Jay Tuck. I mean, 
what do you, what do you want to know? What, what are we doing on the plane ride back home? I heard we're, I heard Lamar's leading us in high knees. Ravens flock, let's fly. Oh <laughs> Unlimited. Oh, man. But we gotta play him. We respect him. Yes, yes. We like him. Yes. All right. This guy. <laughs> Let's, let's talk this a little bit. What's the last thing he said? What was the last one? He said, we still have to play Russell. We respect him. So he okay. tried to tried to make sure he wasn't digging himself into too much of a hole. But he gave him that Ravens flock. Let's fly. It's a bad combination for kickers to be making fun of guys. They're out there getting their brains kicked in. That is a bad look. Wow. Believe me. There are guys around the NFL that saw that last night that are like, that didn't just happen. <laughs> well, I mean, he is the greatest, one of the greatest kickers. Uh, and and I prefaced everything by saying, but, but, you know, hey, look, Russell Wilson might be having a down year, but this guy has been a great player and a great leader for a long, long time. He's playing hurt. Um, okay. All right. That's Cherry on Top. by Cherry on Top presented by United Dairy Farmers. And that's a cherry on top of this week's worth of Off the Bench presented by UDF. Gentlemen, have a great weekend. You do the same, Tom. Have a great weekend. Have a great party tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah and absolutely. we need pictures on Monday as yep. to what you guys decided as far as your costumes are concerned. We'll have it. Yeah. Give us, uh, give us some Twitter updates, okay? Post. Post on Not Too Picky. <laughs> Make sure to follow Not Too Picky because that's where you're going to get your updates for what he's wearing. Potentially. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great Sir weekend. Boy Wonder leaves us with these words. Tom, let's ride. Let's ride. See you Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Godspeed.